cowpokes, farmers, and outlaws. Today is July 22nd, 2019, and I am Raina Swiftsage, and you are listening to episode three of The Biscuit Brigade. The Biscuit Brigade is a podcast where I will share and talk about the sandbox survival games or game I am playing. Currently, that is, you know, that is outlaws, and I just dove into Conan Exile, so you might see an episode or so on that. You can follow the show on Twitter at Biscuit Brigade. You can email the show at BiscuitBrigadePodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Arena Plays. Oh, we got some pad notes. We got some news out of the griddle. I don't know if you called July 8th out off the griddle, but there was a post on Steam by Wizard Khalifa. And in parentheses, it does have developer. I think that might just be like a Steam setup. So I can see where people got confused in the past, um, where they thought that First Wizard was a developer, even though we've been told that they were not. When Wizard Khalifa hopped in, they were like, oh no. First Wizard is leaving, a developer is leaving the game, it's going down the toilet. Well, I can kind of see where people got that, you know, confusion because on Steam, it does not say community manager next to their names. It says developer. So, well, Wizard Khalifa, I'm just going to say community manager because that's what they said that they are. So community manager Wizard Khalifa uh, posted on Steam on July 8th at 2.50 p.m. how to submit a bug report, an official bug report. So if you did not know that that was a thing and you're playing the game and you're like, how can I get my voice heard? How can I get my bug reports submitted and feel like it's gonna you know, be seen and calculated and all that jazz? You can fill out an official bug report. And so I'm gonna put the, um, that in my show notes. And to formally submit the bug report, you follow the link that they provide. And then they also have a handy dandy link called the list of community submitted bugs. So you can see if something you are experiencing in game is being replicated by others and if it has indeed been reported. So you can locate the show notes at reinaplays.com or thebiscuitbrigade.com. Okay, now on July 22nd, that was yesterday, they announced a Wild West Summer Camp Comic Contest. That is a mouthful, isn't it? Uh, Wizard Khalifa posted this, said, Howdy Outlaws. How is everyone faring in their first summer out in the scorching heat of the Wild West? Are you continuing your travels and braving the hot spell of the desert? Make sure you've packed your canteens. We wouldn't want you to hallucinate and pass out. Or are you taking it easy, staying out of the sun, and enjoying some good old whiskey? Summer nights are also the perfect time to gather around a campfire and tell stories. Show us how you've been spending your summer in the Summer Camp Comic Contest. They say the details of the contest are to make a one-page Summer Camp-themed comic using in-game screenshots. Editing and filters text effects to the comic is allowed. No editing in items or assets not found in the game. A comic template with panels and blank template will be provided. Dimensions and position of the Outlaw's summer camp title and logos must remain the same. Judging will be done by the community team. They will choose their top three favorites. The remaining submissions will then be posted onto their official Wandering Wizard Facebook page where they will be up for community vote. So if you have not already 
then to their Facebook page. You can join. The link is in the show notes. And you can also search for it on Facebook.com under Official Wandering Wizards. Submission period is July 22nd to July 29th at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The voting period is July 30th, 12 p.m. Pacific Time to August 2nd, 6.30 Pacific Time. The winner's announcement will be on August 5th. 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Prizes will be a community team grand prize winner will receive the $25 US dollar Amazon gift card. Two runner-ups will receive an outlaw steam key to share with a friend. The crowd favorite, which comes from the top Facebook likes, will be $25 US Amazon gift card. And you can use the comic um, templates that they provide in the um, actual post you can find on Steam or like I said, in the show notes. You can email your submissions to social at wanderingwizard.com with the subject Outlaws Summer Camp Contest. They're looking forward to seeing our summer camp stories so I agree with their sentiment. Good luck, outlaws. Okay, now I want to talk about what I like about the game so far. So for this episode, I want to talk about how I love the animations in the game and the attention to detail. Here are just a few of those examples that I have come across. You can really tell that the developers are very detail oriented and it definitely shows because I love the watering plant animation. Uh, a lot of the character animations that you do when you get, when you sit down, when you're pouring, when you're watering your garden, there's actually animations to your character and they're very lifelike. And I really appreciate that attention to detail. Um, when you get on and off your horses, other games just shoot you off into the air like a rocket and you just land next to them. You actually look like you're mounting the horse and dismounting the horse in a more lifelike fashion. And I think that's awesome. I actually love the tree animations too. When you cut down a tree, it is actually very realistic. It doesn't just immediately vanish into the ground where it is swallowed up by the land beneath it, like I have seen in other games, the sound it makes, the creaking of the wood, the smash against the ground, um, the fact that it remains and you're standing within the branches of the tree that fell for a while. You know, it's all so realistic and I really appreciate that. When um, my five-year-old wakes up from his nap and is watching me play this and I'm chopping wood down, he's like, move, it's coming down. Like it's so realistic to him that he's so concerned about the welfare of my character because she's standing right by the tree as it's falling because it is so lifelike and realistic. And um, he has seen us play Ark before and and has not even received that um, reaction before. Because like an Ark, it just wallows. Like it just gracefully falls and absorbs into the land. And this really looks like a tree has fallen down. So I really appreciate that. I also love the fact that when you shoot your gun, like the trapdoor model in, in the game and in others, it immediately releases that black smoke that lingers in your line of sight, affecting your ability to target immediately after firing it. If you remain in the same place, you know, so sometimes you got to move to the left or the right and forward or back to kind of free up your, your view of your target. And I just love that because that is so realistic and an awesome attention to detail. It's so lifelike. Um, I also love the fact that there's that, what they refer to, um, uh, the Kentucky windage, I guess what I've always been uh, around the hunters in my life um, where, you know, when you're shooting your bow, you actually have to kind of uh, pay attention to detail of the angle that you're shooting at and F 
it's going to hit your target. You don't just aim straight ahead. It slowly will um, curve. It, it will curve and you have to like aim it up and, and try to target and, and figure out where that arrow is going to hit just like you do in real life. So, um, I, uh, I enjoy shooting a compound bow target practicing in real life. So I really appreciate that realistic part of the game. So, and I also love when you walk on terrain in the game, even if you're dirt, like you're walking over your dirt filled crop plots, you can see your character's footprints in the dirt and then they slowly disappear just like with the snow and in the desert i really love that when games make these attention to details so lifelike and the shadow of your character where the sun's at in the game i really think that's cool too is to see the shadow as the sun moves around it's so cool so i really love the animations in the game and the attention to detail so far way to go everybody way to go Okay, now we're going to cover some bugs or suggestions that I've run into. So first off, um, I'm not sure if this is a bug. I feel like it is a bug because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Due to current in-game situation, I would not use your fridge to store your food. I know you think that's what it's for, but it really acts like a spoiler, like a food spoiler from what I've experienced in other games. Because every time I put meat or anything in the fridge, even with the ice in it it will be it will just spoil at a very fast rate i can keep a stack of meat on my character all week long and still it doesn't budge so definitely something is wonky there so if you must have a fridge i would just use it right now and uh at this moment in game as an for aesthetic reasons <laughs> to make your kitchen look more like a kitchen to have a fridge or you know use it as a meat spoiler you know if you need to make some fertilizer real quick and you don't want to um have the meat wait for the meat on your character to spoil fast stick it in the fridge it really just acts like a as a food spoiler right now so you know not entirely bad if you want if you have a big garden you need to plant so so there's that that is a bug or something that i don't feel is really working as intended because it shouldn't be that hard to make a trip all the way to the north to get ice to come back to put in your fridge to have it spoil faster than what it does on your body i don't know Same, seems kind of wonky also, um, suggestions. Uh, it's so crazy. I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on right now. I sat down and was working on my show notes yesterday. And this suggestion was already wrote in, logged into my show notes. And then boom, they announced the summer contest, the comic contest. And I was like, no way. I was just getting ready to hammer put my my hammer down on um on this topic so i'm gonna i'm still gonna include it in the show because they're they've done one contest like right now in between this month of wait so i'm really glad that they saw the importance of doing that so i'm just gonna reiterate my thoughts on this so that's what i'm gonna do since they're already in there and uh but it looks like they're going in the right direction so i'm happy about that so bear in mind i already had this thought before they even announced it so if anything it's just going to hopefully remind them of why they need to keep doing what they're doing. So what I'm going to say in the bugs and suggestions is that I hope that they reconsider the monthly update schedule or at least fire up the community involvement on social media to keep their game relevant because it is such a good game. Um, a month, you know, at first I was like, yeah, a month, you know, and I understand why they're doing it. It makes complete sense. But a month is a long time without any interaction 
from their internal community with the player base in the external community. I feel like they actually risk continuing to bleed players because there's a very minimal interaction. Game development is part of a relationship, a relationship with the consumer and the future consumers. In any relationship, there's an element of upkeep, whether that be continual updates, basic interactions on social media, community contests or spotlights, something. So, you know, that's, that's the part I was hammering in. And so when I got done with the show notes yesterday, I was so happy to see that they actually did put out a contest. So kudos to you guys. Some companies um, are really good at this and some fail miserably. Either way you look at it, communication is necessary for the success of many things more than it is the cause of failure. I've never seen something fall flat on its face because of too much communication when it came to interacting with a community, um, unless it's like negative or um, defensive, you know, but um, communicating and reaching out and just staying relevant and staying on people's timelines and, and social media feeds is just so big and so huge. Uh, they definitely spoiled the community around the game, in my opinion, with a steady, rich flow of content. But And then I think when they cut the community off cold turkey is why they will actually run into problems if they don't at least maintain some trickle of community involvement throughout that month. You know, I mean, we're going to be rolling up. Uh, it's July 23rd. They were typically putting out updates on Tuesdays. So I think everybody was targeting in like two weeks, there should be another update, maybe like on um, August 6th. So, you know, I definitely think that they should be interacting and engaging, whether it's picture contests, like they're doing the, the community contests, um, like the comic contest, whether it is having people send in video montages or a theme every month, have a theme and have the player community do that. Uh, maybe content creator spotlights, blogs, you know, they got to really dive in and find out where the last remaining um, pieces of their community is right now. Because that is going to be their gas and the tank of success, in my opinion. Uh, the game is a great game. They're, they got to up their people game, in my opinion. So the pockets of consumer created communities around this game is the only thing, in my opinion, that's keeping this game remotely relevant. The handful of streamers that are left on Twitch, the YouTubers, the Facebook groups I have found on Facebook, the Discord servers uh, that people have built little communities around this game in Discords, they are all where the actual communication about this game is at. It is on the ground level. It is people like you and me that are pumping breath into this body right now. So I really feel like they need to continue doing what they decided to do with putting out that contest. And they really need to amp up their community building game. In my opinion, like it or hate my opinion, it is what it is. That's my opinion. This is a tip for new players like me. There's not a lot of uh, written or text-based information right now that I could get my hands on that seems to be relevant or, you know, put out in the last month. Everything seems to be from like May, you know, April, 
March around there. So something I have learned on my own the hard way was when farming out of the large crops, the type that you can make with the hoe tool when you hit your right mouse button and activate the options and you can make the little farm buildings and the chicken coop and stuff and you can make that large uh, square plot of land. Well, once you fill that up with your seeds and you water it and you can put your fertilizer in it from the compost bin and you grow your plants and you harvest them, you gotta like de demo from what I've understand my experience. I have to actually demo that square patch of crop area and then I have to rebuild a new one and start over. So, you know, you take for granted the mechanics that you uh, have in like a couple other games where you uh, farm the area, the um, ingredients out of, you, you farm the produce out of the crop area and then you just replant it. I never have ever had to completely demolish the area, but I think the difference is, is the fact that this is actually a plot of land. So they want you to kind of maybe replicate what you would do in real life, perhaps, and like rehole the area all over again and turn over the soil and then plant new crops. So maybe that's why. I don't know, but that's what you have to do. So you destroy each crop plot and then you rebuild and then you reseed and you refertilize and you rewater them and you get a fresh new crop. So once I did all of that, I had a new harvest waiting very shortly after. So typically have a nice supply of fiber and stone handy. You're going to need it if you have to replace a large area of a garden. You let him get away from you? <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I want to talk to you about. He's feeling real bad. Huh? My mule. You see, he got all riled up when you went and fired those shots at his feet. Hey, you making some kind of joke? Mm, no. You see, I understand you men were just playing around. But the mule, he just doesn't get it. Of course, if you were to all apologize. <laughs> I don't think it's nice you laughing. See, my mule don't like people laughing. It's the crazy idea you're laughing at him. If you apologize like I know you're going to, I might convince him that you really didn't mean it. All right, and now we're going to head into the forum stroll because forums aren't just for tears. They're also for laughs and some good information and a great place for you to vent and share your opinions. So this is where I will share some opinions on what other outlaws are saying and I will weigh in given my experience and, and such. So we're going to get started with Decipher 4200 with a post on the Steam forums titled Memory Leak when tabbing out to any web page. They say, I get a huge memory leak if I tab out and use Chrome for anything. I have 16 gigs and it will max out to the point I can't even task manager to close the game. Single player or multiplayer and regardless of how long I've been playing, I would take a screenshot but my computer is almost completely froze up. Windows 7, 64-bit, I can replicate the problem at will. Even F on the start menu tabbing out will cause this. And my reply is, oh my biscuits, <laughs> this is so infuriating. I have the exact same issue. I also have 16 gigs. I also have Windows 7 64-bit. I don't know. That's a pattern maybe. I don't know if other players are having it with different setups, but my, it is infuriating. It definitely completely locks up my computer. If I even interact with any other program or I have a dual monitor, if I even touch the screen or the desktop of my second monitor, it is a nightmare. And while that game is open, I have no idea why. And if I go to stream the game on Twitch, it is a headache. 
I have to log into Twitch, start my stream, then launch the game and make sure not to touch anything but the game, which is also frustrating because, you know, you have to tweak and do stuff with your stream and, and interact with chat and stuff like that. And I can't only verbally because it locks my computer up and it's so frustrating. So, you know... I, maybe that's why there's not so many streamers of this game. A lot of the streamers right now on Twitch are from outside of the United States. And there might be right now Big Papa POS is still hanging out. Um, uh, one of my newer Twitch friends, Tom Griss, he streams. Captain Archer streams every now and then. But it is ridiculous the amount of people that could be streaming that aren't. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's because you have to jump through so many hoops to even make it happen. And I also have Windows 7 64-bit, just like the poster of this forum post. And I can also replicate it at will. Although I have also been playing Conan Exiles and I have noticed that it does the exact same thing, but just not as much. I have had the same scenario happen. Like I can guarantee outlaws to do it. Like boom, the minute I touch something within seconds, it's it's locked me up. With Conan, it's probably like 30% of the time. So there's, there's definitely a similarity there. I just don't know why it has to happen. And I definitely think that it's problematic. Our next post in the forum stroll comes from a poster titled He-Man and it's about health stacking. They say, so I've taken a break from this game for a couple months and I'm wondering if they've ever fixed the issue with health. Previously, everyone would level health on every level up so eventually it would take 20 plus shots to kill someone. Have they changed this at all or made any PvP changes? Buckshot replied, Health stacking is so wrong on so many levels. There shouldn't be a health bar or meter. It's so unfair to players who may want to have a good old shootout with someone. If a veteran player has health stacked, he is probably invincible, while the new player becomes an easy target, even if both players have the same weapon. Just my opinion. So here's my opinion. What? Health stacking is so wrong? No, not at all. This is perfectly acceptable in my book. It's not like the players that are stacking health are getting an additional 20 points to use on top of what they everybody else gets. They are choosing to forego other talents and other stats or abilities to jack up their health, and that is perfectly okay. It's called tanking in the gaming world, and that is a game mechanic working as attended, in my opinion. Like, why should somebody not be able to stack their health? And why in a survival game would you not have a health bar? That's ridiculous. So to me, it just comes across as somebody wanting to come into a survival PvP environment on an even playing field, and that's not how it is. That's not how PvP is. You got to work up your ranks. You got to crawl before you can walk. You got to find a place to build that's inconspicuous and you got to survive. And yeah, so yeah, that's like wiping before you poop. It doesn't make any sense to think a survival game shouldn't have a health bar and that people shouldn't be able to stack health because, you know, that's part of the game. Our next post is on the Steam forums by Pinkachu. And it is titled, Suggestion Need a Full Inventory Warning. And where does excessive stuff go? 
I loaded up my inventory and was headed to my newly picked town site where the supplies when I ran into my first group of Skull Gang. Killed the leader and looted 15 gold bars. Woo! Well, at least I was excited until I checked my inventory and they weren't in it. Oh, that's right. My inventory is full of supplies. I have come across similar issues with gathering. Even when my inventory is full, I can keep gathering all I want and sometimes it takes a bit for me to realize I'm only wasting time and tools because I'm not actually collecting anything. I am aware of the weight warning, but why isn't there one for full inventory and why can't you still loot if it is full? I would have gladly dropped a stack of fiber or something to make room for those gold bars. My reply is sweet mother of biscuits yes this has happened to me too almost the exact same scenario i was out farming and had a full inventory but was not encumbered and i ran into the skull gang and i got took them all out and yep i went and was so excited because i was saving up and i went and looted their body and it told me what i got off from it and i opened up my inventory and it was not there and that was such a bummer i agree if we get a warning for encumbrance why are we not getting a warning for full inventory why is that why is it still allowing us to loot it and it tells us everything we looted and then it disappears it flies off somewhere you know, so I know in some games like um, World of Warcraft, if you loot something and your inventory is full, it sends it to your mailbox. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe once you make a mailbox, then it should send it right to your mailbox. Or, you know, it should just keep it on the corpse until you drop that fiber and get rid of it. Something needs to be done. Um, something, you know. I know in some other games, your character goes, I cannot do that right now. I cannot pick that up. Or inventory is full. Inventory is full. You know, something. But right now, at this point in the game, there is nothing. So definitely something that needs to be addressed, in my opinion. The next forum post on Steam comes from Angriff. And it's titled, Why Not an Economy PvP Instead of Just Another Raiders with Explosives Game? They say, first, let me say, I like this game. I like it a lot. I just built a wagon and created a camp away from my first build site and found certain resources more plentiful. So I built another camp and regularly moved back and forth with resources. So I visited the town and only gold gets me money. Why? Could I see this game moving into town competitions? Yes, there can be bounties and bad town owners steal all the money from miners by making their gold exchange give less money while they take a bigger cut. Yes, the bank can get robbed and money is lost. Yes, I can blow up a competitor's mine. I could build a train to charge for a quick trip to a town in the desert that pays me a little better for my wares. I could build a stagecoach for the same reason. Yes, the coach could be robbed with all the people on it. All those things make great PvP. Bounties on the robbers. Why does everyone have to kill, be killed? And what they build have to be destroyed. So I completely agree with Ingriff. There's so many different ways that you could make this game different from all the other ones before it. Like they said, they had a lot of good examples. In addition, 
Um, I do agree with the fact that you can flip the PVP and make it like a PVP PVE hybrid where, you know, your base and your homestead is a safe place where people can't just be blowing up your buildings and killing your, your livestock, but traveling is where you can go and have those PVP occurrences. You know, I think that's cool. And I also think it would be neat to have those, um, NPC towns, like, like appear in game that you can go and have a PVE. You can go rob them if you wanted, then bounties can be put out on your head. You know, there's other games like Elder Scrolls Online and such where if you go into a town and you steal, then you actually have a timer on your head. That would be kind of cool. They already are ahead of the game, in my opinion, in this thing where they have the NPC bandits and bounty hunters. I think this would be an awesome avenue for them to have in the future like the PVE, PVP hybrids. So I definitely agree with Angriff. There's definitely a lot of potential here to make this game different from all of its predecessors. All right, our next suggestion comes from the official Outlaws Discord server by Russian Sanity. And they said, I hope they eventually put in gold panning. And I think that is definitely a fantastic idea to go in hand with what Ingrid said. Why can you only get gold from mines? Why not add other avenues? Like I suggested, um, you know, raiding NPC, maybe NPC wagons and NPC towns and stuff like that and um, having that open PVP available for travelers, but also other ways that were realistic to the time period, being able to do gold panning, that would be awesome. All right, our last forum suggestion comes from the Steam forums by First Gen Gamer, and that is titled Ownership Text Interfering with AIM and Other Things. It would be much better if the ownership text would not appear in the middle of the screen. It obscures your AIM. It also frequently blocks your view from windows. Maybe move it somewhere else? And I completely agree with First Gen Gamer. It is so frustrating. Like they said, when you're looking at something, it takes up a large part of the game. And when you're aiming to target a bandit or a wolf or a bear, it's like right there. It's like right there. Especially if you're shooting from on top of like a, like a platform with a railing, you know, you have that railing um, ownership right smack in the middle of your screen. The eyes in my name of Rena Swiftsage definitely look just like the target dot in the middle of your screen. So I'm like, where is this even targeting? It's so frustrating. Plus I know it can be done because you can toggle on and off your HUD. Can't we just have like a toggle in and off? Like we don't need to see who owns what all the time. Sometimes when I'm being nosy and I roll up on somebody's um, homestead, not all of their structures even have it because the prefab stuff doesn't have the ownership. I could roll up on it and it just says, you know, hit E to interact, you know, but the stuff that they've made with their tools, like the log and brick foundations and stuff like that will show ownership. So, you know, let's tweak that. Let's not make it take up so much room or let's have the, the ability to toggle it on and off. I completely agree, first gen gamer. All right, 
cowboys and cowgirls, it is time to learn an Old West fact. I went to history.com and I found an Old West fact that you may or may not have known. I did not know, but this is about Jesse James. And he definitely was larger than life, so much that his body required two graves. I had no idea. Few outlaws, they say, were as notorious during their own lifetimes as Jesse James, though he lived a quiet existence in Kearney, Missouri. After his bank robbing days were over, old friends and enemies never forgot him. After Jesse was murdered, he was buried in the front yard of his farm to thwart grave robbers. As the years passed and his enemies died off, he was re-entered into a Kearney cemetery by his family. So who's that lying in Jesse James' grave in Granbury, Texas? Well, it's a man named J. Frank Dalton, who came forward around 1948 at age 101, claiming he was the real Jesse James. A court even allowed him to legally adopt the bandit's name. No one knows why Dalton made this claim or if he ever had any link to Jesse James. Regardless, mitochondrial DNA showed decades later that James is indeed buried in Mount Olivet Cemetery in Kearney, but his legend lives on in Granbury. Alright, what I have been up to in game, I have been playing on three servers right now. I have been working on my Biscuit Brigade Ranch on my private Biscuit server. I've been playing on Whisperbird server. She has a great community and a server and a YouTube channel. You should go check her out. She covers Outlaws of the Old West and has just begun playing Atlas. So there's some of those videos and plus she's covered other games in the past. So definitely go check out Whisperbird on YouTube or go to Biscuit Brigade com and find these handy dandy links to her channel in my show notes. Her latest video covers them being attacked by bounty hunters in game after killing off other leftover deputies. They were getting rid of some prefab buildings and when they did so they were leftover deputies so they thought they would just kill them off and then poof bounty hunter started rolling in. So you should check out the fun on her latest video. Like I said the link is in my show notes at biscuitbrigade.com and I have also been building my homestead on her replicas roof server and building a restaurant. Um, she has a pretty neat system going on over there and a, a great fun community so if you're looking for a cool server to play on definitely check out uh, replicas roost and she has a discord server and all that jazz so um and also i started on another official server i believe it was us east six it had been wiped recently and had the largest amount of players on it um, when i went to find another new official server to play on so um the highest i think i've seen on it was like 15 one night and 21 the other night and then I went to log in again like another night and it was gone so maybe it was down or who knows <laughs> they come and go so uh, that's what I have been up to in game Okay, it's time to learn some Wild West terminology. From legendsofamerica.com, we are going to be learning five new Wild West terms. We're going to get started with acknowledge the corn. That means to admit the truth, to confess a lie, or acknowledge an obvious personal shortcoming. 
So if acknowledge the corn means to admit the truth, if somebody's lying, would that be like fake corn instead of like fake news? But anyways, uh, next it would be the, the next term is a cock. Okay. Um, back then that meant knocked over, defeated, astounded, and suddenly surprised. So if somebody shocks you, you can be like, oh, I'm so a cock. I, I guess that's how that would work. Or she was so a cocked the other day. She, you know, so astounded. So I don't know. I don't know if it would have the same ring today as it did back then, but that's what it was. And also the next term is a corn, a corn calf. I was going to say a corn calf. <laughs> a corn calf meant a weak or runty calf. And the fourth term is ac Acquisitive, not acquisitive or inquisitive, but acquisitive, A-C-Q-U-I-S-I-T-I-V-E. And that just simply meant booty or plunder. So, you know, when you kill a bandit, you get their acquisitive. Okay, the fifth term for this episode is acriocracy signifies a landlord interest all right well we're going to be moving on to name that outlaw this ain't dodge city and you ain't bill hickok all right if you are trying to find the perfect name for your outlaw i have five cowboy names and five cowgirl names getting started with the cowboy names first up is jerry badmouth mckenzie next is marion artist hurst then we have frederick honor schaefer then we have Cecil Courage Corson. And the last cowboy name we have is Francis the Immortal Dillard. All right, and now for your five cowgirl names. We have Katie, have mercy, Ewing, Madeline, the Bullet, James. Irene Scar Walls. Barbara Fluke Morrison. Frida Justice Bell. Well, I hope that helped you name your outlaw or at least make you giggle. Well, it's time to wrap it up and mosey on out. Well, you heard them. That's a wrap. If you would like to get a hold of the show to share a tip, share a tale, or share an EA tier, just email biscuitbrigadepodcast at gmail.com. Reach out on Twitter at biscuitbrigade or at Raina Plays. Or you can also go and find this show on any of your podcast catchers. We're on Spotify, iTunes, I upload to YouTube. We're on Stitcher Radio, Player FM, Google Podcast, you name it, I'm putting it there. And you can also head to BiscuitBrigade.com and through the Anchor website, leave a voice message. So lots of ways you can get a hold of the show. It's been a pleasure. And until next time, Reina out.